Okay, Kansas, Missouri, just pretty much a whitetail haven um, of plethora information. We're going to get going here. Tanner, just waiting on Tanner like normal. Oh, are we recording already? I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's... Uh, yeah, we wouldn't want to scare everybody Let's begin Tanner. this thing, and let's just talk about what's happened. It's kind of been a bit of a roller coaster of a ride. Let's give it a, just a sec here. We're like live. We're waiting for people to start no. joining. <laughs> oh, just shut your mouth. I'm, I need you know a little time of silence so I can I, I can even out the background noise. Welcome to the Inspired Wild Podcast. I'm your host Trevin Stoltzfus, and I'm sitting here in a barn in Kansas in a kind of a cool little loft that fit our my buddy Phil um, built and that we stay in, and I'm sitting across from. Levi Mayfield, one of the cameramen, and Tanner Vernon, and they are just being silly. They're a little bit giddy right now. How are you guys? I'm wonderful. Super good. Yeah. Super we, good. We are going to kind of bring people up to speed on our on the whole Missouri slash Kansas whitetail season so far. And you guys showed up, but you were here November, or you came to Missouri November 1st, 2nd. 2nd. And you came November 3rd, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or I don't remember. So I'm going to throw it back and bring everybody up to the point where, Levi, you came in. We'll talk through kind of some of what we saw there in Missouri and why we are in Kansas. Um, I headed here the 30th. Um, my whole plan was to stop in Kansas from Colorado, of course. Um, stop in Kansas drop off a few things because our plan was to hunt uh, Kansas later on. Uh, I needed to pull cards, SD cards. I hadn't pulled them since the end of August. So that gave me a little chance to kind of see what was up and about and what the, the deer were doing and and then still leave and let the place rest. I, I ended up putting a new stand up um, that I'd been wanting to do. Um, Levi, you you heard about that stand, and when I put that stand up, you were pretty excited. Oh, yeah. Because of your, you were here last year when Lane was here. It was your first time here, first time around camera for us. And But you got to see why I put that stand there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Levi doesn't know what to do with his hands or his mouth. You can just um, put them at your side. Yeah. So the reason I did... Uh, like you had the encounter with Blades last year, which Blades is a buck I've been uh, dreaming about for four years. Uh, I have truck and pictures of him even before that, but when he was, we thought he was four, um, then he became a target buck and he's slowly Still moved into inf infamy, right? Big old joker, huh? Big old joker. <laughs> and you watched him come across the field and he ended up going in that uh yep. the that part where that there's a little waterway that goes out and they have a corner or bean field depending upon what uh, what year it is but there's a waterway it gets a lot of water so there's it's grown up it's got a couple locust trees some, some different shrubs and and stuff like that that kind of a, just a, a point that goes out into the field and they just farm around it but those deer come and catch the edge of that and then they end up taking that into the timber and so i put a blind up about tanner was at 20 yards probably off the field edge yeah probably 
And it's really cool because if you turn and look back into the woods, there's a big creek bottom. And then there's on the other side, there's a kind of a flat. So there's trees in there, but it's definitely more open than the edge of the field. And my thought was after having talked to you last year's, what you guys saw, and then having heard the bucks go in there and they rut and then chase does around in there. And I yeah. just thought this is a good opportunity. Not only can I shoot to the field edge, I can see the field pretty decent and I can see in the, in the timber. So uh, d- ideally with a south wind is what I hung that stand for. Um, did, did you hang, when did you hang the stand? Did you hang it when you were here? Yeah, October 30th by really? myself. I had to be really <laughs> careful. I mean, hanging a stand in a tree like that is not the greatest. That's I didn't why even I see the tree. Was it a big, pretty big tree? It's a tall tree. I mean, it's 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 not a like a, the big tree where you couldn't reach around it. But I got to a point where I'm I really like those those ladders that you put together that have the little juts off them. You know, they're yeah. kind of they're kind of stair stepped. Yeah. Um, I've been using different things from the straps that go around to the individual three steps, and and I it's so much easier to put those together, especially by yourself. And I can put those up safely and then get my lifeline up and then be hooked in when I'm starting to hang stands. Um, and ideally, when you're by yourself, I always want to be hooked in because if I fall, I mean, there's no, even if I fell and I wasn't unconscious, there's no cell service there Yeah. in that bottom. How, how, I mean, I'm going to lay there and die. Um, so I had to be really careful. But yeah, that's, that's when I put that up. The, the 30th when I came hmm. through and checked cards and stuff like that and then went ahead and went on to Missouri. Now, you you hunted. Oh, I sat. Well, I did. I did. You're, you're right. You're right. I sat in the stand. Uh, no, that was the – I got here the 29th, hung that stand. But the, the night of the – the night of the 29th and the morning of the 30th, I – did sit in the stand and i saw uh, a buck that is a four-year-old but i did not shoot him because and i was self-videoing i could have shot him i mean i would have got it on film but he's just a buck that wasn't in the top five i'm yeah i'm impressed because he's got some cool splits and stuff yeah and i think that's gonna be it i'm gonna be honest he sent me a picture of it and the first thing he asked was how old is this deer and i was just like he's trying to trick me so i was like he's young (laughs) <laughs> I just like I'm gonna make I know he passed him so I'm just gonna say he's young <laughs> he's <Yeah>. young <laughs> well I, I knew he was four I, I mean I've, I've been doing that a lot on social media and what I've come to find out is people really don't know you can look at a buck and you can make an assessment but your deer in Oklahoma and the deer you're seeing in Kansas our three year olds look like your four year olds body size oh yeah so, when you're saying, here's the body of a three-year-old. The, the one I shot in Oklahoma, was, we're get, we've judged him at probably six and a half. And he's, you've seen how big his body was. Nothing. Nothing compared to. Field yeah. dress 160. Yeah. So, and I think Missouri has smaller deer in, 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 than Kansas. I think Kansas just produces big body deer. And mm-hmm. then, you know, some decent racks too, of course. So, I've been doing some stuff on social media with, what do you think this, how old is this buck? And it, nobody knows. And honestly, it's a guessing game either. Anyway, um, unless you have history with that deer and you have multiple years of photos. Um, so I've kind of gotten off the f- of the fact that all you can do is your best. There is something about the 
posture and the way a mature buck walks into an area versus we were talking about this yesterday a three-year-old yeah versus the way a three-year-old comes in versus the way a mature buck comes in there's definitely a difference of posture and, and demeanor oh yeah and when they're when you're looking at them in black and white night pictures versus day trail camera pictures versus in person like that that buck we saw last night it was just a humongous body deer and his, and in the trail cameras he don't look as big as he does in person I, I think his opinion. night pictures, he looks pretty big, but his day picture didn't look that as big as what, yeah. what, when we saw him, when we loaded him, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. When we, <laughs> when we saw him, we knew, you know, you know, that's a mature deer. Um, so I think that's something that's kind of funny. And, and in, in Missouri, the reason I'm going to Missouri is, um, you know, once I get this taken care of, head to Missouri it's the opener of youth rifle and i have for the past three or four years filmed levi ar's son every year and that kid is a lot of fun he's He's hilarious (laughs) oh he's a firecracker for sure and i enjoy the heck out of it and we've always had good hunts well now he's to a point where you know he's not going to shoot just any buck he wants to just, you know, and he shot some 150 inch deer. So, and he's nine. I mean, so, but AR does a pretty good job of scouting and running trail cameras, right? So he has a pretty good idea of what we're going to do and how we're going to do it when I get there. It's I don't have to do anything, but put a camera, you know, get my camera gear and, and wake up on time. Um, and he does, he goes and finds these stands he had two elevated blinds one was on an old oil barrel or oil tank stand and he put a ground blind on the top of it and another was an old play set he was gonna the somebody had that they were gonna throw away and the ground blind fit perfectly on it so it's pretty convenient because in at least in in Missouri, it's rolling hills, and you could be sitting in the middle of the field and not see the field edge because it drops off. So he has these two spots, and so we go out there the first morning, which is, uh, it was the 30, 30th and 31st? 31st and 31st. 31st and 1st, yeah. So Halloween day, we go out there, and we climb up this. He's got a ladder that's an old ladder. I'm not talking about oh, it's the ladder that goes with that stand, like an old ladder. <laughs> He's bailing wired on there. We get up there, unzip, get inside, and he put carpet down because last year he dropped his phone when the buck was coming out that Levi shot. And luckily, it, it was still 100 yards away, and he stopped, and Levi shot him. But, I mean, you'd move your feet at all, and it, and it echoed. So he's got this year he's got carpet down. Anyway, it's pretty cool. So we sit there, and... It sucked. It was dead. And it was cold that morning. There was that wind, and it was probably 30 degrees. It was cold. I was surprised how little movement we saw. And so that first day, we did that, went back, got some lunch, came to another spot where he expected to see quite a bit of deer. And we did see a bunch of deer. We probably saw 20, 25 does. And one eight-point tall, eight-point 
poked his head out. Literally just poked his head out. You could just see his neck. Looked around and went right back into the timber at 30, 40 yards. Because we were set up actually looking down a power line spot. So it's cleared and there's timber on both sides. And then there's the fence. And we had cows almost push the blind over because then they're coming up rubbing against it. Well, he didn't stake that one down. And I'm like, we're, we're going over. And it's 10 foot high platform with a ground blind. And here we are with no seatbelts. <laughs> and uh, so we're, we got deer in front of us and I'm trying to run the cows off, you know, without spooking the deer. It was, it was kind of fun. But that was really the closest opportunity in those two days we, we had to, for Levi shooting at buck. And then that was the only buck that we thought might be mature. And that's the key for them there is they're trying to shoot mature deer. And they don't really care if he's 110 p- points. You know, meaning uh, 110 inches, or not points. That would, that would, that would that'd be a that'd be a pretty good deer. Um, they don't care if he's 110 inches, if he's a mature deer. Um, and then we started pulling trail cameras. It was disappointing. What do you guys think about that? Trail cameras actually can hurt your hunting. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, oh, I don't know. I I think trail cams are a interesting subject all the way around, but... They're cool. I mean, you definitely, in this case, if you're not... If, if you check all your trail cams and there's not... There's one good buck on one trail cam one time, you're probably not going to be real excited and you're not going to hunt that hard. Well, the difference is, like, Oklahoma, for me, or in Kansas, you can put something on the ground to pull something in to see what's in the area. Right. Missouri, you can't do that. No, you can't. You've got to put it on trails where they're coming in and, and, and out. And what AR and I did is we we went around and found a bunch of new, brand new scrapes, and they were just showing up. And that's what we put trail cameras on. Um, we, it worked for him on his one piece of property. On his one, yeah. on his little property with that, that good buck that yeah. he's got. And, you know, here we are, we're hunting this property that's probably 2,000 acres. And I think what we found, that one buck in the locust grove, that's about the only buck we've seen that was mature. So there was a little bit of, we're going in, you know, we've, we got to hunt with, with little Levi and, and, uh. And he didn't kill a buck, but you know he he's got a lot of opportunities. He can hunt with a you know during regular rifle season he can also hunt with a bow, and you know he's he's he hunts with a crossbow, but he's got a compound and he really wants to shoot something with his compound. And he's shooting pretty good. I think he will this year, but it's also seventy seventy five degrees, mm-hmm. and the deer movement is minimal. And I think we sat two three days i got there monday evening and we'd sat all that day we sat monday monday evening and then tuesday, tuesday morning and then wednesday and then we, we hunted tuesday evening yeah and and i left so <laughs> talk about bailing but uh, i remember sitting i was sitting in a tree stand and i did shoot a doe because we also our goal is to take 30 does off that property it's just just got a lot of does and that's a whole nother thing, but I think it's important that you try and get the doe to buck ratio 
correct and it's way off in the, on that property but we're still pulling cards we're still looking we're hunting and ar text me and said you're not gonna hurt my feelings oh i know what i know what it was i'm sitting in the tree stand and my phone is blowing up from people texting me pictures in kansas of big bucks hitting the ground and i i was talking or i was texting with some of the guys that are around here i said are you seeing oh yeah but all of our shooter bucks all of our big bucks are are on daylights on trail cameras and i'm like crap you know i my goal my whole part or plan was to hunt all week in missouri with ar and he texted me he said you're not gonna hurt my feelings if you go to kansas that's all i need so and you me and him were sitting in the tree stand when you because you sent us a picture of a guy that shot a just a smash four four pictures of smashers sound like at the one but yeah you sent us you sent us the pictures and i yeah. looked at i looked at ar we's both sitting there i was like he'd be a fool if he don't go to kansas and hunt he's like heck yeah he said it wouldn't bother me a bit he said he needs to go he said he's got too many shooter bucks in kansas right so we loaded up you stayed just to, to hunt with him because he was going to hunt that evening and he was going to hunt that big buck yeah, over that sticker on buck. yeah over on his place and, and it then, was only what like what's that property maybe 10 acres isn't it what he said it was yeah, yeah it's tiny yeah but it, but it but it butts up to a big uh big ridge mm-hmm. and that you know those bucks will go bed up there and especially during that the the the, the difference is the rut is here yeah. it is the rut and so it, it, they're going to rut regardless of temperature but they'll do it at night mainly because number one there is still some moon and it's hot that and there's like you said there's more does in in missouri so it kind of drops them where they don't have to move as much they don't Mm -mm. here it just don't seem like there's as many does as there is there so it makes them bucks moving around more right right yeah the buck to doe ratio is much better here but it was cool so tanner and i kind of got loaded up and came here and that was the third november 3rd election day which we won't even bring that up right now because we don't know who the president is but yeah but in the meantime you guys sat i think you said it was basically like some type of sauna (laughs) <laughs> it's like a sauna. It's like a sauna in here. And we went and sat. There was pictures of you guys, I think, in your skivvies, which is a little awkward. But Pretty close. Pretty close. But I, it's understandable. That's what AR text How, te- how hot AR did it get? You? He I, said, does Sitka make shorts? <laughs> yes. yeah. how, how hot was it? Uh, it was like 78, something like that. Or maybe, maybe right at 80. And then you open a ground blind up, and it's just like... Just like you said, it's like a sauna. And you um, you saw turkeys and one doe? One doe. One measly. That's all we seen that day was that one decent young nine point and a doe. That's all we seen all day. Yeah. That's crazy. Which normally, you know, you're, you're like last year. I passed on nine bucks because they were all three. That's crazy. Or, or, or I say all three. I mean, there could have been, there could have been a four-year-old that looked young, and there could have been a two-year-old that looked old. I mean, but all I didn't shoot nine bucks last year. So we were really had high hopes, and the rifle hunters only shot three, which in years past they've shot 
11, 12, right? Unfortunately, the majority of those are three-year-olds because the rifle hunters don't, you know. They, they, anyway, that's a, that's a whole other thing. Um, I was excited. We didn't get a chance to get in the tree when we got here because we just we weren't in time. But we went. I snuck in, grabbed a few cars that were easy, easily accessible, just so I could look at some and see if what the the movement was. And the first thing I found was blades. Again, the buck that I've been hunting for four years that I had yet to see. Matter of fact, last year was the first time anybody laid eyes on him, and it was you and Lane. Yep. And you videoed him coming across. And you had two encounters with him. Yeah, we had him the first day, and then what was like the third or fourth Mm -hmm. day, something like that. And I had never seen him in person. I I think he was a bit jealous last year, don't you? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, we did a silly thing, and with blades on his feet, we head to Iowa. Yeah. And that was a bus. But, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Um, We came and looked at the trail cam pictures, and I was blown away to see where Blades was showing up. Mm -hmm. His whole home area had I don't know if his home area had changed, but his whole pattern had changed. Yeah, his his rut pattern. Right. And so he ended up moving, what would you say, how far is that from the teacher stand to the silo? Mm. 800 yards? Half mile? It's probably half probably mile. Half, yeah. yeah. Okay. Thumb so, I, and I had never had pictures of him there. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he shows up, not once, not twice, but twice a day. And sometimes in daylight on a silo, on the silo set. And I, you and I have sat that before. It's mm-hmm. never been really high on my list. You're kind of exposed, cause, but luckily, because of the warm weather this year, there's a ton of back cover because yeah, the there's still a still lot warm. of leaves on the trees. So the plan was rather – we had a south wind, which was kind of tricky, but we could make it work because it was going to blow it into some timber and then down into the creek. And having known the way those bucks travel – down in that bottom on on up to the property that that meets up with phil's uh i was confident i think we'll be all right so the plan was to get in there early and so we took our time getting in and the craziest thing happened (laughs) it is what we were probably 45 minutes before first light yeah it was early you could hear started walking down next to the draw and you hear something blow out like oh dang well we just blew out some kind of deer hopefully it's not blades thinking and it's heavy heavy footfalls yeah and so you're thinking it's a big buck and then you walk forward and you're i mean there's a big moon and stuff so you can kind of see and there's a there's a deer standing on the ridge line and you're like oh that's a buck and it was a deer it was just a different species of deer was an elk <laughs> standing up there i'm like oh frick that's an elk yeah and then we got in the tree and i think it proceeded to bark i think it was a spike bull five minutes I, at he least barked. he barked at oh, us at least. Serious? oh probably 20 minutes? 20 times 
Yeah, oh, like, it might have been like 10 minutes. That was just ridiculous. I was like, mm, somebody needs an elk tag in here. But, yeah. And, and uh, we have them on trail camera. And we have them. They've, they've always been here, and they demolish your food plots. Yeah. But I don't think anybody's ever seen them. In person. In the daylight, in no. person. And uh, Phil actually is on his way here, and he's got an elk tag now because we found out there's a, a little bull. He could be old. He's just inbred. Yeah. That's literally sleeping in the middle of our food plot on the ridge line here. And so we're going to try and get Phil since I can't get an elk tag because I'm a non-resident, but he's a non-resident landowner, so he can get an elk tag. So he got one, and he's on his way here. But anyway, so here we are. I'm, I'm, I think I looked at you. I, I, I hope deer don't get spooked off by elk barks. <laughs> I, but I think, I think deer know that elk are dumb, so they just don't really even pay attention. Oh, <laughs> did you just say that? Oh, yeah, elk are dumb. Well, there you go. Man. He didn't say mule deer are dumb. No, he, he said elk say, are dumb. He didn't say mule deer, mule deer are sure. not dumb. Elk are dumb. Yeah. Well, we're in the tree, and I remember hearing, it was pretty quiet. We knew we had some south wind. We knew it was going to pick up, but at first light, it was dead mm-hmm. calm. And we hear, and you're like, okay, is that a squirrel? Is that a possum? Is that a skunk? Actually, we might could have been a skunk because we, we saw a skunk earlier. And here comes a buck. And I'm looking over and looking, and it's just, I mean, it's dark. You can just barely make it out. And it's a little buck, and he's just cruising through right on right mm-hmm. on by. He didn't even come into the little alleyway where, where we're at. He just cruised on down the, the two-track that goes on to the next stand over there by the Jenny Gate. So we're thinking, okay, deer moving. That's, you know, mm-hmm. that's good. How long... It was probably, what, five? No, it was probably, it was good shooting light, meaning you could see. And did we hear that? Did we hear it first or did we? Did you happen to look over and see it? I saw that, the, that buck coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, I just saw him running out there by that foundation, that old concrete foundation coming back through. And then I think it's the same buck. It's just a forky. Yeah. And then it was what? Twenty minutes later. Mm-hmm. And you, did you hear blades or did? I think I heard him like just before I saw him, and I looked over, and all I could see was his body, and I was like, "Oh, big buck, big buck." Yeah. And it was it, it was impressive. He's a he is a truck. That is a big bodied whitetail. Yeah. I, I've never seen. I don't know that I've seen a whitetail with a body like that. And as soon as I could see him, I couldn't see his head or anything. And I, I kind of knew, I don't think I didn't say it right away before I saw his antlers, but I'm like, that is blades because that thing is giant. And yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a, a whitetail like that. Yeah. And I had never seen him in person, but I have dreamed about him <laughs> literally and thought about him and looked at thousands of trail cam pictures of him just hoping that in some way i'd have an opportunity someday before he dies because we think he's eight and uh we're pretty pretty positive he's eight and he came around came right in right in front of us 
It was it was magnificent. <laughs> it was spectacular. There's so many words I could use to describe it. All I remember is my chest. I I was I could hear my heart beating, and I just kind of was trying to calm myself down. But when he <laughs> made but when he made the corner to come in, there's a big bush. And my thought was, he's going to come around and be here. You know how a deer can get underneath you before you know it? And mm-hmm. then you're sitting there and you haven't drawn. And there's no cover. You look around, there's no cover to draw. Mm-hmm. So my thought was, that's my, you know, just like elk hunting, you call on an elk and you're picking out your tree that you're going to draw. When he goes behind that tree, I'm going to draw. And so he disappeared behind that tree and I came to full draw. Took a deep breath, settled in, and he stopped. Yeah, he stopped like as right when you drew. And then I think he walked a little ways further and stopped again behind the tree. And so this is, you know, I'm at full draw and I'm 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 okay with shooting him right when he gets out. But I didn't want to stop him. I wanted to have him stop on his own. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I, even sitting here right now, I'm replaying everything in my mind and my stomach hurts. <laughs> I just gave away where we're headed here, but, but literally my, my, my heart hurts, my stomach hurts. I, I'm sick at my stomach. So, at full draw, he does finally come out from behind the bush and probably takes three steps and stops broadside. Perfect. He is under 20 yards, 17.2. And I settled the pin right on him. And he starts walking again. So I kind of raise up and try and collect myself. And then he turns and quarters to us just a little bit. Yeah. And I settle the pin on, I don't want to take that shot. And he turns and goes, and now he's quartering away, and he puts his head down, he's sniffing around. It has been now over a minute I've been at full draw. And I am shaking. I'm just trying to be able to see through my peep, align my site housing and now after time having thought about it the walls were closing in like I was struggling so physically to hold it full draw that long and we looked at the GoPro footage of me being at full draw for that long Mm -hmm. and I was I was definitely you could see I was struggling Mm -hmm. you could see that and you could see the my top cam was quivering right and uh And so here I here I am. All I have to do is put the pin twenty yards, top pin, right? And I remember I come down and I pulled through the shot and my shot ricochets. And I'm like, you know, it happens so fast. And the arrow goes down and then there's a, a rock on the other side of where he was standing, it hits that rock and and ricochets off and the arrow goes in six different ways and he jumps and he goes out and I'm watching him across the field you know 
I'll be honest, hoping, okay, go down, go down, go down, go down, go down. But I didn't say that because I think the first words out of my, my mouth were, that didn't feel good. That shot didn't feel right. Something was, something was wrong. I don't remember. Is that what I said to you? I don't remember either. So the buck of my life, the buck of my dreams, the buck that has literally hooked me on whitetail hunting. And I get a perfect, perfect opportunity. The first time you've ever seen him, The too. first time I've ever laid eyes on him. And what do I do? Cry. I shank it. Yeah. So I'm at a point in the tree. And we, of course, we looked at the footage. And sure enough, if you look at the footage, I shot over him. I mean, I did nick him. Yeah, he just barely. Barely. I mean, I because he did drop a little like bit a, as a whitetail will. Yeah. But it's literally a three-inch little nick at the top of his back, not even enough to get down. In, it's actually good skin. that he did duck a little, because if, if he wouldn't have ducked, you might have spine shot him, but it was almost a, a no-man's-land shot, really, mm-hmm. if it had went in him. might have not even hit anything. Yeah, just through his back straps yeah, over right, the top of his... Yeah, right through that little no-man's-land there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And... You know, I'm I'm sitting in that tree stand trying to find the words and trying to. Uh, I want to cry. I I told Tanner this. I want to cry. I want to laugh. I I I want to just be in awe and amazed by the situation. All of these emotions, I can't I can't make them make sense. Um. It's it's. It's the Super Bowl, and we're down by three, but we're on the one-yard line. And I run a little quick out pattern, and the, and the cornerback, corner, not quarterback, the cornerback guarding me falls down. And I'm in the end zone, and they toss the ball to me, and I bobble it. <laughs> That's exactly what it feels like. All I had to do was catch it. Yeah. All I had to do was catch the ball, which I've done a thousand times. All I have to do is hit a pie plate size target at 17 yards. I have shot the grand opening for the Cabela's in Lone Tree, Colorado, with 5,000 people watching, which is a clay target from an elevated stand with ACDC blaring in the background and the crowd screaming and shot that to to open the store and i made the shot no problem that's nothing five thousand people you know what i mean that's a little bit of pressure i had the president of cabela's when i climbed up in that stand and i had one arrow and he goes you're pretty cocky aren't you <laughs> and i said i'm pretty confident i don't and he said you know what don't miss nobody ever has <laughs> he said don't be the first uh, with a sly smile and he turned and walked away and I said you son of a gun anyway so I feel so confident that. <laughs> and then I missed so the silver lining as you said Levi is that I just nicked him I really didn't I mean he, he and, and he never smelt us he never had any reason to even know we were there all he knows 
is probably he heard something loud, felt something, and then ran. <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, that's the only silver yeah. lining I can have. Yeah. Versus, oh, you sh- I shot him in the gut, and we've been blood trailing him for 400 yards, ran out of blood. We have no idea where he's at. Right? Yeah. I would much rather have it happen this. Okay. So. All the while. While you're doing all this, when y'all come back, I'm driving to Kansas. Right. Yeah, that's right, because you had left yeah. AR because he was going to go back to work. It's just too hot. He's like, I'm yeah. going back to work. And I get your text, and I'm just like, well, what was funny is because when I was driving, me and AR both talked about it the night before. And I was like, this is it. I said, Trev's got the chance to shoot this buck. He's coming in. He's hitting daylight. He's going to kill this buck. And I even told my wife on the way here, I was driving, I was talking on the phone, I'm just like, Trey's gonna, Trey's gonna have a chance at, at Blades. She's like, you think so? I was like, oh yeah. I said, this is, it's it's lined out. He's an old buck. He's getting lazy in his old age. He's moving around in the daylight. I said, you watch. I said, I'm not even gonna film. Trey's gonna <laughs> shoot this buck this morning. And I get that text message like probably 10 seconds after I say that to her on the phone. And I was just... I was heartbroken for you, man. I was just like, oh, my God. Well, and, and the crazy thing is Tanner had just had not a similar situation, maybe even a worse, if you can call it, worse situation. Um, because in Nebraska, and you can listen, go back and listen to the Nebraska podcast, but you did everything right. I felt like it did, at least. And yet, didn't we didn't find that deer. Yeah. <clears throat> I made some mistakes and the buck lives on right so i mean there is some there is some solace in that but i'm this is something i will probably it'll haunt me the rest of my life Yeah, it's gonna really and, haunt him if you kill him next year. <laughs> so, so there we are. Here we sit. I come back, Levi. I'm I'm literally picking Levi's brain about you know. Do you think this deer will get back in his pattern? And you were sharing with me. I think your buddy or maybe your brother or whatever. Yeah. Something something happened where he shot him, and then the next day he was back yeah. and was able to arrow him again yeah he shot a him good, a, i think a week later after oh, okay. he after he shot it he done, and he had made a complete pass through in him and he still lived he, he hit that no man's land like i was talking about yeah and a week later he killed him yeah so in a situation like that i'm i'm holding on to whatever i can just to make it make sense and to feel better about myself first thing i do <laughs> is i came in here and shot my bow i'm like i know and i know it's not yeah. the bow i know it was not the bow but you gotta do that though he never know yeah so i i don't think i ever cried i i think i wanted to <laughs> i freaking wanted to I, that was the first time because this is before he even says it, this come from a man that does not like to watch tail hunt and i know well, what you're thinking to say so i told trev this like to me there's no there's like no reason in why it's hunting. Like, why would this old mature buck walk underneath our tree? There's, and I, and I understand that the, you know, like the paths that they, they, they have a pattern and 
they're gonna want to check certain spots but like why does this buck want to want to walk underneath our tree as opposed to these thousands of trees and it's never made sense to me like with a mule deer i know like i know what they like i know where they want to be if that makes sense to me i can go to those places usually i can find them like if i look at a hill to glass usually i'm usually i can look at a hill and be like all right there's probably gonna be a deer here here and here because they like this stuff and then you know i can i can move to them with whitetail hunting it's like well why doesn't this buck just walk a hundred yards that way why is he gonna walk underneath my tree well and 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 in and in response to that because i'm in the middle between you and levi i'm ate up with whitetail hunting and i love mule deer hunting mm -hmm. levi you i've never mule deer hunting. i yeah. filmed this year the first right. time mule deer it was it right so i can justify the difference here I understand where you're coming from completely. And then on the flip side, as a whitetail hunter, you can look at ground and go, this is how these deer are going to travel. They're not going to be there. They're not going to be there. This is how they're going to travel, unless they're pushed, mind you. Yeah. And using trail cameras to tighten the noose. You use it. It's the reason we got in the stand, the silo stand to begin with, was because of what we saw. Right. If it would have been up to me, I, I don't like that stand. I think it's too exposed, but that was the best stand for the wind and for the opportunity. And what happens? He walks right into it. Yeah, and that's that's what blew my mind because I look over and there's this friggin' horse standing there. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, this does actually happen sometimes. Like, yeah. this deer's going to walk right underneath our stand. And uh, that's really the first time I've had that feeling of, and it was it was super cool and then when as soon as you shot i'm looking at a you know two 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 and a half inch screen and as soon as you shot i knew that you shot you just skipped it off his back and i was like we are not getting this back like this is it was it was and you probably that's the thing you probably won't well, we had that conversation yesterday. Like, that was discouraging. What's I'm like, the chances? I don't know. You're hunting an eight-and-a-half-year-old buck. Yeah. He, you might see him again, but the chances of him coming right underneath you again, pretty slim. Yeah, and yeah. so that that was like just cr like just crushed your spirit like on the spot. Like I was like, I just didn't have any words. I saw him miss it on the camera, and I was like, oh, well, <laughs> this is what we came for, and yeah, it is. Let's go back to Missouri now. It is. It's done. <laughs> well, so. and that's how I felt, and honestly <laughs> – uh, well, I say that there's a lot of other feelings going on, um, but I, I can't put words other than that analogy of, you know, that the greatest event of your life. And I know it's just a stinking deer. I understand that in the scope of reality and family and our loved ones, it's not that important. But the amount of energy and mental focus that I have done all of the food plots all of the travel all of the expense dude it'd be so much cheaper for me to go hunt with an outfitter yeah uh, so much cheaper than what i do here but it's not it's the chess match it's my chess match and when i started on this whitetail journey i had i'd never sat in a tree stand i was 33 i was the the year of the lord 33 years old before i ever even climbed up in a tree stand first time ever and I didn't know what bucks were in the area. 
I had no ideas. I'd ask the outfitters, you know, oh, yeah, you got some, there's some good mature bucks. I wouldn't see nothing. And then I'd go to another stand, and then I'd see deer. But I didn't know what to expect. And then he's like, oh, yeah, that's this, 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 and this. Yeah, that buck is it. And I'm like, you had a history with him? That's kind of cool. And then I tried through the outfitters that I was working with to get a, a feeling for what bucks are in here. You know, and whether you name them or call them that 10-point or whatever, you know, people have different opinions on that. <laughs> you all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Levi almost fell off the bed. <clears throat> um, for me, <laughs> well, because <laughs> we're just, yeah. Because we're just sitting here. We're sitting on beds. Right. We're just sitting yeah. on beds in this loft doing a podcast. Um, so anyway. Not the same bed. Not we're the just... same bed. Different beds. Right. Let's let's clarify. And all our clothes are completely, we are completely clothed. Okay. Let's go the other way with this one. So what was I saying? I don't know. You guys derailed me. Oh, well, outfitter. So, so what what it turned into me, I tried to plug into this whole storyline of getting to know these deer. And, of course, it's very hard because an outfitter's got how many, you know, clients coming in or whatever. And the other thing is I always, I, I didn't like the idea of how many people have sat in this very stand. And why are these does walking up looking at me, right? Because they've blown stands out. I mean, it only takes one guy to do something stupid, and then the deer recognize that there's someone in that stand, and it becomes a factor they remember. So the opportunity to come to a property that was really fresh, there had been some guys that had hunted this a little bit. Well, the teacher stand, there was an old teacher that hung a couple stands in, and one of them, I, I, I took the stand down, but I used the same tree because it's a good it was a. I was wondering why you called that yeah. teacher stand. Yeah. And so the teacher stand was there when we first came here, and we started putting stands up. And but I fell in love with what are the deer here? Getting to know them. Um, we ha- there's a deer we have on camera that I passed. That t- Tanner was in the stand with me last year when I passed this three year old. And the bad thing was. Tanner and I had sat here for how many days? A week? Yeah, long time. And the uh, the one other buck other than blades that I would shoot came underneath, and I shot him, and he ducked my arrow, and I shot him in no man's land. Last year? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That thing, he ducked a long ways. Really? I didn't know that. His brisket hit, hit the ground, and... In order for me to have killed him, I would have had to aim about four inches below his brisket. Really? Yeah, that's how much he dropped. And the thing was, he didn't even know we were there. But anyway, I I share that because I have, you know, I know what, I'm in love with the fact that I understand, you know, the resonant bucks. I'm in love with the fact that in Kansas, you could have something show up any day and just be a toad. Mm-hmm. Because oh, yeah. of the, the genetics. So there is that that part of the ch- the chess match. And I fell in love with it. And so, you know, when you balance out mule deer hunting where you're, as Tanner says, you're, you're coming to this huge uh, glassing knob where you can see them miles. 
and you're looking on this ridge and you're looking in specific places because you understand how mule deer move from spot to spot, how they bed, all this stuff, to over here in whitetail, you're understanding how whitetail moving. Why did I hang that stand there? Well, from the knowledge I'd gotten from you guys, what you'd seen, what I'd seen, I knew I needed to try and put a stand there. Oh, I remember telling Lane that last year. It's just like we sitting in the Jenny Gate, and I'm just like, I told him twice, like I don't know why we're sitting here. He said, "What do you mean?" I was like, "I, I want to be either right where you hung that stand." I said, "I want to be right there, or right across the field on where that finger comes right. out when the creek comes around on that finger." I said. For me, that's where I would be. He's at one. I was explaining to him, like, dude, that's just like, it's a perfect spot for a whitetail. And he's like, I just don't understand it. Which, you know, he has no, he has right. no whitetail. He's like, I just don't understand it. I was like, I'm telling you. Because that's when you <laughs> told me in Missouri that the, if you hung that stand right there in that little gully, I was just like, I lit. I was probably like a little kid. I just lit up and I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. Well, that's and, be and the part, spot of, right part there. of it is, I haven't, I've hung a lot of stands understanding how the wind works in this country yeah because it's a little bit different i mean i understand thermals and stuff like that that's that's but like i hung one stand over there by the twisted timber on the other side and the reason i hung it was because the wind i could hunt it with a different wind right well guess what every time i got in that stand i called it the toilet bowl stand because every time i got in the stand my wind did this i ended up pulling that stand down it was worthless i could never sit it, it didn't matter if i sat it it had to be 30 mile per hour winds in order for me to sit back. And that's the bad thing about whitetail is I have a spot just like that back home. Like I hunt 60, 70 yards away from where I really need to be at. But when you get in a certain spots, the wind swirls so much. But every time you'll watch bucks go right there. Right. They'll go right in that spot. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, I need to be right there. But to I can't. me, there's a reason for that. Oh, oh yeah. They like, know that's it. what deer, that's what mule deer do. You know, they sit in spots where the wind will eddy and stuff. and It's a safety factor, yeah. 100%. So, for me, sitting up there, being able to have that opportunity at that buck, I'm kicking myself and just, you know, wishing. I, I, I remember thinking, man, I just wish I could go dip back in time. Mm-hmm. I wish I could just go back in time <laughs> an oh, hour and do that again because I know I could I, I know my accuracy's there I know it I just got so excited I did not allow myself or trust myself to be able to read his body language to draw when I needed to get drawn where I have drawn on deer standing in plain sight tons of times you just got to watch what they're doing when they look and they put their ears forward it blocks their vision there's a lot of things you can do yeah i've i've the only problem i concerned is coming down release if i'm going to release my not release with a with an arrow release but let down i'm going to look like it's some type of epileptic seizure. Yeah, you're, you're not great at letting I'm down. I'm not a graceful letter downer. You need, you maybe need to do, I don't know if there's a gym oh, movement that he's, we can. He's like, he's like when you're in high school. I'm Listen, just telling sweetie, you. It's, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> so I have to vote, it's you. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> so so I, I know I don't want to come to full draw and have to hold that long. But anyway, I, I, got, I have never, ever in my hunting career ever been that shaken been that excited and have everything still work i I, I, i've never Mm -hmm. (laughs) never so 
<coughs> Excuse me. No, no COVID. So there we sit. And Tanner does exactly what Tanner does. There's no words, so he just doesn't say any, which is fine because there was nothing he was going to say that was going to make me feel better. Just like when you had your situation and I just look at you and go, dude, I'm sorry. I mean, that's all you can say, yeah. you know. So I'm holding on to every shred of, well, at least he's not mortally wounded. You know, that type of stuff, mm -hmm. right? We come back here. You show up. We look at the footage. And everybody's in agreement. He's fine. He's fine. He probably isn't. He's probably going to go look for does this afternoon when it gets dark. So we have to make us. What are we going to do? We're going to try and hunt that buck. And that's when I think you asked me three times, Trevin, are you willing to shoot some of your other bucks? Right? Because we had. We have two or three mature bucks oh, on this yeah. property. Well, especially when you showed me the pictures, I was like, I would shoot that one, I would shoot that one, I would shoot that one. Right. <laughs> so, but the number two buck was a really nice 10. And then there was a, I think the buck that we passed on last year sitting with you, Tanner, after I missed the Ninja mm -hmm. 9, we call the Ninja 9. I started this whole thing talking about missing that deer or, or hitting that deer where he ducked me. And then it wasn't 30 minutes later, and this nice nine-point comes up, walks 15 yards from us. And I looked at Tanner and said, I can't shoot that deer. Oh, I wanted to. Just to, re again, that redemption, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, I wanted to. So, there we are. What you, we even with, when we was all sitting here talking about that, when we was trying to figure out what stand, this and that, I asked you, like you said, two or three times, will you shoot another buck? And me and Tanner both just looked at each other, and he, and he flat said it to you. He's like, if you're not going to shoot another buck, then you need to hunt one stand pretty much all week. Or not, or take some time yeah. off and not hunt. Yeah. Exactly. And give that some rest. Yeah, because there's no, like, where he went, where we watched him run, like, there's no reason to hunt the opposite direction of that if you're not going to shoot any other bucks. Yeah, Because he's exactly. not going to be there. Right. And there's no reason to blow it out, you know, if you're not, unless unless you want to go in there and shoot a, a different buck. Right. Which was very likely. Very, very likely. Well, we knew it was that time of year. Even as hot as it is right now, we knew there was a chance that we were, yeah. I mean, if we were going to see another deer, it's not, it, now's the time. Yeah. So, I, I, I was for like, well, I will. I'll shoot this 10. I'll shoot that deer that other deer i got named from i can't remember i i was not going to shoot stickers yeah. which i wasn't going to shoot that split because i'd already passed yeah. him when i sat here you know the the night of the 29th mm -hmm. so tanner and i kicking around what stands i know you were very adamant you said you ought to go sit that new stand you hung yeah you, I, I told you that and when we were still in the stand after you shot at blades i was like which uh, just just from, from the went. way he went, I think that that was. I was like, that we should probably sit that one. And if let's, the wind's okay. Let's and let's talk about the wind. This is the first time again. I'm I, I, I had never hunted whitetail till I was 33, but I've never hunted where we've literally had a week of south winds. Yeah, I mean it's and it's we've got another three or four more days before I think it even starts to change. 
So we're hunting one wind and I don't have normally every day it's a different wind and I'm, yeah. and I'm, and I can hunt this standard that I've got lots of stands set up for different winds. And all of a sudden a South wind, one of the, the, the winds that I have the least amount of stands set up for, that's what we got to hunt. Mm-hmm. So with that, I, I, I went and, um, we decided to go ahead and go into that new stand there in the, uh, you know, just off the, off the, the field edge back in that Creek bed. And, uh, um, and we climbed up in there we climbed up early. It was like two thirty when we got in there and it was mm-hmm. hot. I mean, we had jackets, but we never put them on. It was, it was hot. Yeah. And, uh, Tanner and I sat there and sat there and sat there. And I just remember going, I'm not going to see anything. I mean, I was kind of down in the dump. You know what I mean? I was kind of mm-hmm. like, well, okay. But we also had a week. Yeah. And my whole plan was, okay, let's just hunt low impact and and let the trail cameras see if we can pick up blades again and say, oh, okay, he's on this pattern. Or maybe he gets right back to the where he was cruising because he was a definite pattern there. And, Which uh, the reason why, the reason why we – finally decide let's hunt that new stand was because that's where blades headed towards and that's where he used to stay was right. in those woods right so we figured well if he's pressured he's going to stay in there we might have a chance anyway and we we i think we all came to the consensus that he'd been pushed out of his home range yeah. because this summer all the way through october 30th i had never gotten a picture of blades by that stand i where you al- shot at right i'd always been it's always been south mm-hmm. and um half mile south but we were pretty convinced that either you know, one of these younger bucks that's now come up with his age that he just gotten pushed out of there he's never been we've had some bucks on this place that we called bullies i mean they were you would look at them in trail camera and they were middle of the summer running deer off Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just pricks. And but you know the crazy thing about those deer, those were the deer you grunt and they'd come running in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just dominant, mean son of a gun. He was never that way. He's he always hung out with like two or three other bucks during the summer. Um, and then even into October, you'd see him with other deer, and he was never uh, aggressive. Um, biggest by far body wise Mm -hmm. but then you know come end of october he's by himself you know he's secluded by himself and just kind of quiet you know i hadn't ever had a daylight trail camera picture of him until last year and then sure enough in daylight you guys saw him that's the first time i've ever we ever even got a daylight trail camera picture of him so he's pretty reclusive so um yeah, just 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 unique. So we end up getting in there. We're sitting in there. I'm going, okay. How am I going to have a chance at? How am I going to recreate a, that once in a lifetime? It makes me think of that scene from Dumb and Dumber, where she goes. So so, so do you, so it, you know? Is there a chance? At, well, yeah, maybe one in a million. So you're telling me there's a chance, you know? And that's kind of what I was holding on to. What are the odds that a girl like you and a guy like me? So that's what I'm holding on to. We even did, it was getting dark and we probably had 20 minutes of light left. 
um, camera light. And uh, so I said, I told Tanner, I said, let's just do an interview and, and uh, you know, uh, while we have decent light and, and let's get it and then we'll just sit and let it get dark and, and then get down and you were going to come get us because I wanted you to come down with the with the ranger. That's much better than us just trying to sneak out of there if there's deer around. Um, so I think in the interview, Tanner, I even mentioned, you know, had this, you know, what's going to happen with blades and there are a couple other deer I think I would shoot around. Mm-hmm. You know, if I have the opportunity, I mean, that—that's what I was struggling with. Do I just hunt this deer and run the risk of of not tagging out? You know, what if I see another deer and then they go to lockdown, and then I'm running out of time, and it's in lockdown, and there's—I don't see another mature deer. So, I kind of shared that quagmire that I was that inner inner turmoil I was dealing with and then we sit down and and I keep hearing something I think at one time I'm like I'm hearing something but that was in the waterways probably a possum or something right but I'm I'm tuned in right and it's getting dark and um I just happened and I, I heard something walking and that was to my right which would be east and it's in the woods and I can't find it in my binoculars because it's still quite a few leaves on the trees and I'm looking through, I'm looking, and then I catch a glimpse of some feet. And then, so probably a hundred yards to my, to my right. And, and I'm telling you, and you can hear it, but you're wearing the headphones. So you have no idea of direction yeah, because the headphones are you just. You can't tell the direction because yeah. you're just hearing what the, what the mic's hearing. So the deer comes out to the field and I can't see it quite yet we're back from the field but as it starts coming around i put my binoculars up and i see big frame and i'm like that's a big deer big deer so it's coming i have not come to draw and but my bow is in my hand now and he runs mind you south wind so the wind's going out into the field he runs right into our wind and stops you know why he was running right I had grunted earlier. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sure. So, um, no, we actually did figure out. We think that he might have been running in that field because we didn't realize there was a doe in right. that field that the trail camera was picking right. up. Right, and we could not see. Yeah, you couldn't see where she we was. We couldn't yeah. see her. So he would have been able to see her from there. But it, he ran, he stopped, kind of acted like he was going to make a scrape. Now, at this juncture, you could, he was behind a bush. You yeah, could, or, uh, he was behind leads. leaves. I could see him, but there wasn't good video. And you even asked me because I mean it was, it was definitely we, the cameras lose light. You know, a good five ten minutes before, even with even with these good mirrorless cameras that we're running, they they're losing light five to ten minutes before legal lights over. And so you had you would ask me, like, hey, do we have enough light? And, you know, there's enough to shoot for sure, but was there enough camera light? And I was like, I kind of gave you the shrug. I'm like, yeah, we'll make enough light. Like, I just cranked the ISO up on this bad boy. It might be a little grainy. Yeah. It looks like it's got a little texture. Yeah, uh, it looks, it'll look old school. We just got to make it black and white. Yeah. So, at that juncture, when he gave me that, the okay, I'm like, I knew that was a big frame buck. I wasn't positive it was the 10. But I thought it might be, and then and he's big. He's big body. Oh, that's what I noticed yeah. when he walked in. I'm like, oh crap, that's another horse. truck. Yeah. So he keeps going. Now he's past us. 
but I had cleared some lanes in front. I cleared some lanes to the right and I cleared some lanes to the left, you know, just shoot. And he came. And so I'm trying to stop him in one of my lanes. So I go, <laughs> he doesn't even, he just keeps on. Trucking. So then I, as loud as I could. And he stops. He's like, well, what was Broadside. That? And at this juncture, I'm at full draw. And because I, I came to draw when he was making that scrape, because I had a shot at him, but Tanner didn't. Uh, he could see him, but it wasn't a clean, clean shot yeah. on him. So anyway, and the crazy thing was about 15 minutes before that, right after I did the interview, I said, I wonder how far that is. And I started clicking some range find just just to where I thought, you know, if something was there, th there was just some limitation as to how far out into the field I, sh I could shoot because of the overhanging branches. But I'm like, what if they're right there? You know, I'm just screwing around, really. And uh, he stopped where I was pretty confident was 35 yards when I that second time I bleeded. And so... I settled the pin, and I just remember just thinking, this is, you know, boom, 30. Okay, I'm going to put my 30 right midsection, like like right right behind the shoulder. Assuming, as most whitetail do, that they'll duck a little bit, but I'm not going to give away the farm. If, if they don't duck, I still, I've got them. If they, if, if they don't duck, I shoot them in the heart, let's say. If they do duck, I got them both lungs for sure. And he ducked a little bit, but not not much, and and it was a pretty decent shot. Yeah, that like contrast from when I was looking at my little screen and you shot at blades, and I was like, huh, bummer. Immediately on that shot, I watched that Luminoc just freaking disappear, disappear in the perfect spot, as a, and that, I was like, oh, as a nocturnal, oh, nocturnal, um, yeah, but Whatever, same thing. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh boy, that was." Uh, I looked. I remember looking at you. I felt good. With. And here's the crazy thing: when it hit him, it kind of like just fell out. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it like, went all the way through, but the way it came out the other side, it so used it all of its energy and then just basically dropped. Yeah, it just it, had boop. enough energy to come out the other side. And and then I looked at you, and I'm because uh, I was a little confused because the knocks laying off to the right, right in the arrow, cause, so it kind of kind of cartwheeled after it came out yeah and i'm like did i just miss you know whatever and you're like oh yeah that's a good one and in the same time we're we're listening to him run off and not he, for very long we weren't no he went that he went down at like 40 yards and i couldn't quite see him because i had some branches in the way but you could hear him and he boom and he's like you just you just smoked him he didn't smoke that joker. He smoke didn't say that smoke joker. that joker, but he just like you. Yeah, that was a, that was perfect. That was perfect. So to go from ten minutes, five minutes prior, this whole inter, you know, whatever, this interview about, you know, am I? Well, maybe I should. We saw basically three deer. They were all bucks. They were all bucks. One was a little forky. But two of them were the top two on my list in Kansas. And then I'm going through this motion. You would think I'd be like, yeah. And I was excited. But I can't, to be honest, there was that, I can't shoot blades now. It's yeah. done. It's done for this year. And and so I, I was maybe a little bit 
like, oh, shoot, what did I do? What did I do? But on the other hand, I'm like, this is a, if Blage was not in the picture, he would be my top buck, at least of the resonant bucks. I mean, he's a stud 10 point with split eye guards or five by five, if you, if you want to say with, with an extra kicker off of his, his left side on his, on his eye guard. Um, yeah, he doesn't want to say. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> Le- Levi wants to call him a 10-pointer. That's 11-pointer. He's 11-pointer, right? And, and so Western count it, be it a 5-by-5 five five with an extra. Um, no, 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 no. Y'all don't count eye guards. He's a 4-by-4. Four 4-by-4, four. Four four, <laughs> right. 4-by-4 four four with eye guards and an extra eye guard. That's a lot to a say. 4-by-4 four four with a split eye guard. That's Yeah, there you go. He's just a Jim Dandy of a buck. But but, the, but the crazy thing was, so we sit there and we're kind of like, you know, excited and talking about it a little bit. And then we're like, well, Levi's going to come get us here in a sec. So we end up getting down. And I remember you you were waiting on us. And then you end up pulling in and I flashed my light at you and then went back in to grab our stuff. And... uh I was scared you were going to come because he died in the field. Yeah, I drove, right there. I drove you 20 drove. yards from him and didn't even see him. Yeah. I was looking at you and I was driving yeah. across the field. Yeah, and his belly was facing <clears throat> yeah. out so you couldn't. So I was like, I hope Levi doesn't, shoot, doesn't drive over <laughs> my, doesn't hit my butt. But so I had not seen him. But I kept, I asked you two or three times, that's a good buck, right? And you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's a good buck. Because I knew the frame I saw on him but the moment I saw the big frame, I didn't keep because now he's running in. I put my binoculars up, you know, went hooked onto my bow and, and, and got ready. Um, but in a situation like that, I almost do better when it just happens than I did in the situation with blades. The heartbreak that is, I came to full draw, and then I, there I am at full draw for over a minute, and. And I'm just tunnel vision, and and the lights are going out. <laughs> All I can see is that the, these little pins, and they're getting smaller. And you know, it, it's yeah. So, but no regrets. Awesome no regrets. Experience. Oh, what a what a phenomenal experience! And I really felt like yesterday evening when y'all got in that stand. I just had that. I had that tingling sensation. <laughs> I was just like. <laughs> He's going to shoot a buck this evening, which was kind of like for me, I was kind of, it, you know, as almost, I told you, I was like, man, I'm kind of a little down that I didn't get to be in the tree on that. But I was like, he's going to shoot a buck this evening. That stand is going to produce, and I knew it was either going to be that 10 point or that real big 8 point. I was like, one of them two bucks. He's going to kill one of them bucks this yeah. evening. And you, if blades didn't happen to come back. And you there. even said before we got in there, he said, I, you said, I love hunting new stands. Oh, I, I, lo- I love, he said, I, you even said, I love hanging a stand and then climbing it. Yeah. And and you're right. You know, it, it, it tends to be that first set of the year when you've ne- you haven't been in the woods and you're fresh to be in that, in that environment and bucks are moving, that's going to be your best opportunity a lot of times. Or a new stand where you've never had anything in there, and it's your first set. And we got, you know, two of them the same day and and had mature bucks come by. Versus the contrast to Missouri where it was, I mean, we're even having a hard time seeing does. And um, that's not normal for Missouri. And that's not. So I'm actually, we're going to be, I'm going to. We're gonna get in the tree stand tonight and just see what we see. And I've got a doe tag here. I might might shoot a doe, but 
uh, I just want to get in a stand to, to film this action. I mean, to film what Kansas is in the rut. And uh, and then Phil's coming, and he's going to hunt a little bit. I mean, it's possible Phil could, if we could pattern blades, it's possible Phil could get on him. Or an elk. <laughs> or an elk, because we do have the elk that's that's hitting that one food plot. So that's that's another prime <laughs> opportunity to kill an elk in Kansas. That's that's rare, especially uh, one that comes from that lineage. I think these elk here have their family trees kind of like a post. I think it's <laughs> <laughs> doesn't the the gene pool. You, it'd be a hard. You'd have a hard time wetting your toe in the gene pool here. Yeah. It's a little shallow. It's a little shallow. Yeah, but uh, it's been fun. It's been it's been exciting. It's been an emotional roller coaster for me, and it's not over because, you know, what happens now? I, I think of if Phil kills him, how am I going to feel? But all I can feel is elated because I had the opportunity. And, and here's the crazy thing: we have his sheds from 2018. His best year, don't you agree, was 2019? Yeah, last year. Last year. Um, and, you know, I I have a cape of a big deer, and I think I'm going to have those shits mounted of him just because of what I – it would be cool to have that and and to have him dead. But, but it's, I mean, it is what it is, and it's this is where we're at. It's not over until it's over. Yeah. He might come back next year bigger and better. You never know. You never know. He's still a giant, though. Yeah, and yeah, and he's when his horns, when his antlers still look huge on a three hundred fifty pound whitetail, he's yeah. a big buck. He's a big old. And that is just so blades, you know. It's so blades, it's so blades for him to duck out of the get way. Out of the, well, we won't say it was a complete duck, but it was. It may he may have had some influence on that arrow in flight, right? Mind because control. that is just what kind of deer he is, and that is kind of, it's almost, to me, almost not today. almost fitting for him to elude everyone for <laughs> seven or eight years, not hardly show himself in the daytime, and then still make a mistake and somehow get away scot-free. Like, I mean, so it makes a big buck, hat, a big buck. hat off to that sucker. Yeah. There's, there is something... Like I've seen it with mule deer, they'll go on the other side of a sagebrush or something that you just prevents you from getting a shot, and they're like in the middle of the rut, just as dumb as they'll ever be, and somehow they go on the the other side of a cedar tree, or and then they go into a dip, and they don't. It's it's that's uncanny almost how yeah. how a big buck to me can can just survive. Just that keen sense. Yeah. Well, it's been fun, and there's uh, we're I'm heading back to Missouri. Hopefully, we can get a, a little bit of hunting in there. I still got a tag there, and, and AR's hunting, so we might actually pair up and go sit in the tree together, so I can video him. And uh, Tanner, you're heading back to guide, mm-hmm. and you're heading back to do whatever it is you do. Oklahoma. I hope I hope y'all <laughs> rubbed off some more luck on this trip too, and I can go back and kill my second target buck. <laughs> be awesome oh yeah it's fun it's fun well that kind of uh explains what we've been doing last week or so and and it's it's been fun it's been exciting i I, i'm hoping that missouri uh you know bucks are gonna rut the moon's getting darker and darker and darker 
It's going to push them into daylight, and I'm hoping we can be sitting in the situation and some mature bucks show up because when we left Missouri, there was none to be had, and it's supposed to get cooler, but now it looks like that front isn't as much a front as they first said it was coming in Monday, and now it looks like they're pushing it back to Tuesday or Wednesday next week. So I've got to get back. I can only probably go and 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 go over the weekend maybe maybe into monday or tuesday but we'll have to see so i guess in in the words of the illustrious tanner vernon we're just gonna have to see what happens <laughs> get it while the getting's decent <laughs> it is the rut and it's the best time of the year to be in the woods so for me the fact that i do have a missouri tag i just i'm not ready to be done i'm not ready to be done with with the rut yet you know, yeah. so I'm excited to see what shows up. But as always, thanks for listening. Um, stay tuned; more good stuff to come. And we want to encourage you: find out, find out what what gets stirs your heart, what makes your heart beat a million miles an hour, and and embrace it. God bless, and we'll see you down the trail. <laughs>